through 25 seasons. Hey! 4,561 episodes. I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The LOLs, the moments that mattered, the eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. This is what I wrote in my journal on the night of November 15th. 1988. I had such anxiety and exhilaration pulling out that wagon of fat. I can't believe those jeans finally fit after this 10-year struggle with weight. It's finally over. Or so I thought. It was really just the beginning of a real physical and emotional battle against weight and all that it has meant to me. If weight has been an issue for you, today's show will hopefully lead you to win your own battle. That's why I'm doing it. I'll take you through all the steps I've been through, beginning with peeling away the emotional layers, the most important, then on to peeling away the physical. And I was just so proud of myself for just having the discipline to not eat for four months straight. I had no idea of the physical trauma I'd put my body through, nor the emotional trauma that was ahead. I've kept journals almost all my life, and although I've experienced some incredible changes throughout my career, my weight was all-consuming. November 29th, 1988. Exactly two weeks after the diet show, I've gained five pounds. I'm 150 today. I've been eating out of control. I've got to rein it in. I still can't get used to being thin. December 7th, 1988. I read an article today, one criticizing me for the Revlon shoot, making fun of the weight loss, saying, let's see her in two years. It really hurt my feelings. I'll show them. December 12th, 1988. I loved doing the Revlon shoot. It changed the way I felt about me. I never imagined myself as beautiful, but that ad made me feel beautiful. So for that reason alone, it was worth shooting just to feel that. December 13th, 1988. I came home and ate as much cereal as I could hold. I eat junk all day. Not good at all. I never decided how I'm going to keep the weight off. I keep experimenting, testing how much I can eat. It's all so ridiculous. How am I going to get through the holidays without gaining? December 26, 1988. There's a party in Aspen. I don't want to go. I've gained five more pounds. I'm 155. January 2nd, 1989. This was my day to start dieting again. Instead, I made pork chops and ate them. Oh well, tomorrow's another day, Miss Scarlet. The holidays are officially over. So what's it going to be for me? Fasting again? I don't know if I have it in me. January 7th, 1989. I'm out of control. Start out my day trying to fast. By noon, I was frustrated and hungry, just thinking about the agony of it all. I ate three bowls of raisin bran. Left the house, bought some caramel and cheese corn, came back at three, 
staring at food in the cabinets. And now I want some fries with lots of salt. I'm out of control. January 19th, 1989, 158 pounds. I'm bordering on disaster. I feel it coming. I'm 158, eating everything in sight. I need help. Old patterns have emerged, are taking over. If I don't fast this entire weekend, then Monday I seek professional counseling. That's the deal, complete and total fast. January 21st, 1989. I lied to myself about professional counseling. I'm not ready to submit to it. March 9th, 1989. This is what I wish for. The absolutely eliminate weight as an issue for myself. That I will not eat, drink, or consume anything that will prevent me from reaching my goal. That is what I wish for. The determination and will to do it. Just do it, no matter what. It is possible, and I will. November 14th, 1989. Anniversary of the diet show. 168 pounds. I'm thoroughly disgusted with myself. I couldn't even get thin for the anniversary show. Where is my resolve? Every day I awaken with good intentions, and then I fail. November 23rd, 1989, Thanksgiving Day. I'm 175 pounds, which really is a fat person again. I've lost my resolve trying to find a way to carry on the battle. December 1st, 1989, I'm still battling what has been for me a lifetime struggle. I thought that after the November 15th diet anniversary show, I could release weight as an issue. Stop being afraid that someone was going to bring it up and say, hey, Oprah, haven't you gained weight? And go on with my life. Not. I'm still struggling. Just cook rice and smothered chicken for Stedman. I was supposed to eat only a salad. Instead, I eat the salad and the chicken. I'm going to lick this. I just don't know how right now. December 13th, 1989. The new studio's looking great. We'll be moving in the first of the year. The farmhouse is coming together, too. Everything's going so well. So why do I still feel compelled to eat? February 16th, 1990. I'm in dire need of help with my weight. Almost on the verge of being overcome. I had a woman come and do hair analysis, going to determine what kind of vitamins I need. It's unbelievable. I'm still looking for miracle cures. What happened to my New Year's resolution and then my 36-year-old birthday resolution? I don't know. I just know I'm in trouble. I'm 180 pounds. Now I wake every morning hating myself and the weight predicament I'm in. 15 pounds ago, I would have thought this impossible. I'm not inching, but galloping towards the 200-pound mark. I vow to be back to 150 pounds by the Hope Award. April 28, 1990. I'm exhausted. I worked 20 hours today. We'll have to do the same tomorrow. I'm worried about Brewster Place, eating snacks all day from the crafts table. I hate seeing myself on film. June 12, 1990. I'm carrying fat around. It's overcoming me. 191 pounds overcome. June 18, 1990. I woke up the past four days hating myself because I hadn't fasted or at least stuck to some kind of plan, trying to lose 10 pounds in a week so I can put on this suit next week for the Emmys. July 19, 1990. Never lost weight for the Emmys. Instead, I've gained five more. I'm 196, still trying to reckon myself. Still in the closet assessing all the winter clothes I won't be able to wear. Nothing fits. I dread walking into the fat lady stores. August 11th, 1990, trying to be in the spirit. 
The fat has stopped me from feeling so blocked. I cannot think. August 15th, 1990. I cried in my office, cried because I know that lots of people have been discussing it. No one says anything, but I feel them avoiding the subject. I cried for my poor, miserable self having gotten to this state. Scale said 203 pounds this morning. Controlled, just controlled by it. Every day, waking up with a plan. By the end of the day, not following through, feeling diminished, less of a person, guilty, ugly, you name it. Trying to gain control, knowing that God says I already have it. Where is it, God? Dancing on the MC Hammer show with the fattest behind I've ever seen. I saw that tape and can't deny it anymore. I really am fat again. There in new fat clothes, making me look even bigger, feeling just about as low as one can about myself, knowing that I'm being blocked. August 25th, 1990, did a Diets Don't Work seminar. Stood in a room in a bathing suit and admitted that I was 200 pounds. Well, that was hard. September 9th, 1990, instead of losing 50 pounds for the Hope Awards, I gained. Had to have the Febreze gown redone. I didn't want to go, worried about people saying how fat I was. Made the worst dress list with Marge Simpson, described as bumpy, dumpy, and downright lumpy, in a gown that I thought I'd look pretty decent in. January 29th, 1991, turned 37. I have a new vision for myself, to become lean, fit, strong, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Food alone isn't the answer. What is? February 20th, 1991. I went on vacation and gained eight pounds, bringing me to an all-time whopping 226 pounds. So big, unproportionate, fat in the face, unable to move freely that I don't know this self. My body has betrayed me, or has it just acquiesced? I don't know who this is waddling through the airport. I caught a glimpse of myself reflected in a store window. I didn't recognize the fat lady staring back at me. Stedman says, I'm not even close to my potential as a human being, that I let the weight be a barrier. He's right. Sometimes I can feel the connection between my own fears and the weight. So what am I afraid of? That's the question. The answer can set me free. What I have learned through my ordeal with weight is, is that you really cannot begin to work on the physical, although I tried for 13 solid years in a row. But you can't begin to work on the physical until you first get at what's holding you back emotionally, even if you do lose the weight. And those of us who've struggled, we've lost 1,000 pounds in our lifetime. And like I did back in 1988, even if you do lose it, it's only a short-term solution unless you get to the heart of what is the real problem. The audience may have cheered me in this moment of triumph, and I really did think it was a moment of triumph. But just two days later, actually about two hours afterwards, I couldn't fit into those same jeans. Getting to the real problem has been the most difficult part of all because only you can do that. There is no diet program in the world that can tell you what is blocking you. The question to ask yourself, I have learned is, what am I afraid of? Because the reason we don't move forward in our lives is because of the fears that hold us back. We're not talking about being scared of the dark or being scared that somebody's gonna hurt you, but it's the thing that, when I'm talking about fears, I'm talking about the things that keep you from being 
all that you were meant to be. I believe all of us were brought to the planet for a purpose. If you're not about whatever that soul's purpose is, then you're not doing what you came to do and you're being blocked. It took me 15 years to face my deepest fears, which I never before could admit to anybody, including myself. So this is part of the process of what I had to learn to do. It is not everything. Biggest fear for me was not being able to confront. And what I learned is it's no different if you are addicted to food as I was, or if you're addicted to drugs, or you're addicted to, addicted to alcohol. That fears is what holds you back. That was my number one problem, not being able to confront. Number two, I, I'd say this was at the the bottom line root of all my problem is I had a fear of not being liked. And because I had this fear of not being liked, I had a fear of saying no. So what happened to me most of my life, I ended up ruling my life based upon what other people wanted me to do. It's hard to believe because, you know, I have this powerful position, I have this job, and I speak to millions of people every day. But in my life, as I move through my life, like most women, I think. I think we were raised with this disease to please. These fears kept me from really being the person that I think I was born to be because if somebody asked me to be someplace or do something or just in daily um, experiences with people, it would be hard for me to say to them what I was really feeling. And if somebody had done something that upset me all through my life, including being abused, I was one of the children who was abused because I couldn't say no because it was more important for me to please the abuser than to please myself. So if you're going to begin to get to the root of the weight problem, I think it's very important for you to peel back the layers emotionally. I was gonna ask some women in this audience who've been fighting it themselves to come up and join me in the process. Fern in Paris, it's taken me 15 years to do this, so I don't expect you to be able to do it in five minutes. But do you see what I'm talking about? Do you understand? Do you, do you at least make the connection? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah. And it's not just, it's not, I used to say it's my hips, it's my thighs, it's my butt, honey, and say all those little cute things. But do you at least, it's important, I think, for people to make the connection, that it is an emotional problem that manifests itself physically. Do you agree? Yeah, now that I'm being confronted with it. Yeah, and so what would you say is, is at the top of your list? Probably some of the same stuff that's in mine. I can never tell anyone the truth about what I felt because it was too painful. Too painful. Oh, and yes. so are you like me, then you would eat it? Because what I could do then, I could go to dinner and say everything I was supposed to say to that person over a bowl of fries. Oh, yeah, but never tell them. But never tell them. Okay, so number one is can't tell it like it is. Can't tell the truth. Really? I mean, I speak the truth, but my inside, like, the fear of what'll happen to me because it's happened over and over again when I told the truth about my life, uh -huh. I got left out. So your fear is of really telling the truth. And your fear is that if you really tell the truth, then what will happen? I'll be abandoned again. You'll be abandoned again. Paris, your fear is? My fear is that I'll regain it again. It'll be the only goal that I won't have been able to maintain. You regain? The weight. The weight? Yes. But why do you have it in the first place? That's the thing. Why do you have it? What does the weight? A, a question, one of the questions I had to ask myself over the years, what am I afraid of? Mm -hmm. What does the weight represent for me? What does the weight represent for you? It's a comfort. It's a comfort. It's a comfort. And so why is it easier for you to eat than it is to deal with whatever is going on? It's right there. Um, I don't really have to face it if it's uh, a problem. Mm -hmm. um, everything that I've achieved while I'm achieving it, instead of dealing with the stress of it, I've actually eaten instead. That's right. That's what I used to do. I mean, I never, I mean, I went through the whole 70s and never thought I had a stressful moment. Yes. Because 
I ate everything away. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So I carried all my stress in my yes. buttocks. Exactly. That's right. And what another thing I realized is, let me ask you if this is true of you too, that I never really allowed myself to feel whatever it is to feel anything because I would cover up the feeling before I could actually feel anger or feel depressed or feel any sense of anxiety. I would cover it up with whatever I was eating. Do you yes. do that too? Yes. Yes. Well, what I want everybody to do who has struggled with this for years, if nothing else happens as a result of this show today, is to make the connection. Because the most important thing is, is that once you make the connection to begin to deal with the truth of your life, which is what I've had to do, is that will give you the courage and the discipline to fight the physical battle of the weight. That will give you the courage. The problem is, all these years, we've been fighting it the wrong way. We think you can just diet it off, oh. or we think you can just exercise enough, or you, we think that it's just about willpower. It's not about willpower. It's about the truth. It's about the truth. So if you figure that out, and it may take you a year, it may take you, I hope it doesn't take you 15 years like <laughs> it did me. But when you begin to figure that out, that's when you can move on to the physical, which is what we're going to do right now. I thank you. At least you made the connection, right? It's, it's a beginning. It's a beginning. I cannot stress enough that you have got to be prepared emotionally, mentally, and physically before you can win the war against those fat cells. You can lose them for a time, but they always come back. You can work your heart out and still not lose a pound. I'm running four miles a day, I wrote. Four miles a day, but it feels like I'm running in place. I'm getting nowhere, haven't lost a pound in two months. And in June 1992, I was the heaviest I've been in my entire life. I topped out at 235 pounds for the Emmy Awards. I didn't even want to get up out of the chair uh, to go and accept the award. I knew I needed help. I left the Emmys and I went to a spa in Telluride. And at that spa, I met Bob Green, who is an exercise physiologist who had a fascinating philosophy about weight loss. I wasn't ready to hear it then until I finally felt that I had peeled away enough of my own emotional layers that I was ready to deal with how to physically get the weight off. So I gave Bob a call and I said, Bob, I'm ready. If you want to work out, but you don't know where to begin, Bob is your guy. He's changed the way I feel about exercise and changed my life. Hey. 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 So when we first started workout, you said to me, well, first of all, you said to me that I was going to have to work out twice a day because my metabolism was shot. Not everybody's is. So what did you mean by that? My metabolism was shot after years of dieting. Well, the first thing you have to assess is years of dieting, what that does to your body. Uh-huh. What it does is slow your metabolism. And what's metabolism? Metabolism is the rate that your body uses calories or burns calories. Yeah. And mine was burning real slow. Real slow because of the years and years of dieting. And why does dieting do that? Well, again, it's going to make you lose your lean tissue. Uh-huh. That's the reason that diets don't work. Yeah. You have lean weight and you have fat weight. The fat weight is really the body's calories along with the foods that you consume. So that, That's the fat weight. That's the fat weight. Okay. So your body's fuel. The lean weight is like your furnace. So you feed the furnace with foods that you consume and the fat tissue that is on the outside exterior of your body. Okay. So that's really what worked for me. I understood that, that my body is like a furnace and I got to heat it up in order to burn the calories. And because it was so slow, my body was like cold because of the metabolism, right? Exactly. Okay. Heat it up. You said the key word. Okay. Now we're going to show you how your body is affected by bad diets. 
versus a healthy eating plan. Let's first begin by showing the day that I began the liquid fast back in July of 1988. My weight then was 212 pounds. Let's what go. you really want to do is lose fat and very little lean tissue. You can expect to lose some of your lean tissue because it's from your water, it's muscle, water, bones. So you are gonna lose some water on any program, even an exercise program, but not that much. Six pounds is way too much to lose. Okay, in September, I weighed in at 175, but 33% of my body weight was still fat. This is the second month on the program. That weight loss is eight pounds. That's in addition to the original six pounds lost. Okay, in October, I was down to 160 pounds. I'd lost over 52 pounds, but my fat percentage was still 30%. Okay, now we're down at 30%. I have to say some progress is being made, but 30% is still not a healthy individual, not a recommended percentage of body fat for anybody. Of course, I'm never gonna forget this day. It was November 14th. It really stunned me when you told me that my health had hit rock bottom here. Or at least this is one of the unhealthiest days of my life because... We take a look at 28% body fat here. We, we built this moment up for you, and you're still at 28% body fat, not a recommended range. In other words, you're sort of like a calorie sponge at this point. You're waiting for any calorie to come along so you can absorb it and turn it into fat. Yeah, we joke about the, about the body being a sponge because what happens is when you've been dieting, and especially at, at that position I was, had been fasting for four months, every single thing I put into my body, the fat cells had expanded waiting to hold on to anything that came in. So it's like you eat and the fat cells go Right? Exactly. Back on the outside, she looks very good in the jeans, but you don't realize the muscle doesn't have the same quality that she does today. And the fat cells go, I hear hamburgers coming, I hear hamburgers coming, let's hold on, let's hold on, let's hold on, let's hold on, let's hold on. <laughs> Woo, a hamburger! And then they, they get excited with that little fat coming in, and then they get wider and wider, because they have been starved, and they are so happy that food is coming, they hold on for all it's worth. On top of it, the metabolism has slowed, so that perpetuates the entire situation. Okay. I'm with Bob Green, he's my trainer. I've worked out every single day. Um, twice a day. Not everybody has to do it twice a day, but I was on, I was, I had a mission. Didn't miss a beat. Didn't miss a beat. Now, we're gonna talk about the new plan, which took twice as long, I must say, but is what I believe the right way to approach losing weight. When I first began dieting, I weighed 222 pounds and my fat was up to about 41% back then. Two months later, I was down to 195, but my fat had dropped to 35%. In July of this year, I weighed 177 pounds, but my total body fat was down to 30%. In September, I weighed 161 pounds, but my fat was down to 25%. Moving down, moving down, fat's going down. <laughs> uh, that's less than when I, when I was down to 145 pounds on the liquid diet, and in November, as of this very morning, I crossed the finish line. I now weigh 150 pounds! Good applause. Oh, my God. You should have seen me. I took off my, my rubber bands. I took off my watch. <laughs> everything to get it to say 150 pounds. But the most important thing is, is that the body fat is down to about body 20%, fat, you said? Uh, you only lost a minimum of lean tissue. That, again, is your furnace. That's what heats up the body. Mm-hmm. And my body burns better now. It metabolizes food better now than it did seven months ago. Right. Before you were a sponge, now you're a lean machine. Lean machine. <laughs> Thank you. Well, how did I get that way? Well, I want you to know, I have walked 
uh, ran, climbed, biked, hiked during these last eight months. All total, I logged thousands of miles. So it, sometimes we even would bring the Stairmaster outside. I started out only being able to do four dots. Now I'm all the way up to the top. That's amazing. Thank That's you. a round of applause for that. Thank you. We asked Bob to rate the exercises for us so we can find out once and for all what's going to get the best results. Here's what Bob said. Everybody's goal is the same, but some means are better than others if losing weight is your number one objective. Swimming I rank last. It's fun, but you don't heat up the body, and therefore, you don't lose weight. The stationary bike is only slightly better. The bike supports all of your weight. Surprisingly, this is not a good exercise for weight loss. The indoor rowing machine I rank eighth on the list. It's only slightly better than the stationary bike. I rank the indoor ski machine seventh. This machine is touted as the best aerobic exercise for weight loss, but it's not true. Outdoor cross-country skiing is a far better option. Sixth on my list is jumping rope. Once described as the best indoor aerobic exercise, it's good, but it's not great. Your heart rate often gets up too high and it's difficult to maintain for 20 minutes. Number five on my list is outdoor biking. It's fun, it's aerobic, but you risk injury and it requires good weather. Stair climbing is a great aerobic exercise. The only disadvantage is the machine supports part of your weight. I rank jogging third. This is a highly aerobic activity. The results are quick, but remember, it is hard on your joints and not everyone should jog. Aerobic dance, second on the list, can be an excellent aerobic activity. The benefits are similar to jogging and there is less stress on the joints. But remember, your workout is only as good as the instructor. With a 10-star rating, walking is the number one exercise for weight loss. It's free, it's highly aerobic, you can do it anytime, anywhere, it places little stress on your joints. Walking is the best overall aerobic exercise for weight loss. Three quarters of my life has been spent in a state of diet, so I came to believe that if the food tasted good, it was loaded with calories. If something was good for you and low in calories, it tasted that way. But I want to emphasize, food is not the only issue here, but you need to change the way you feel about food and the foods that you eat in order to lose weight. You know, many times uh, when you are trying to conquer a battle in your life, you end up being sabotaged, especially those of you who are, hi honey, especially, I asked him to take off work today to be here, especially, especially when you're fighting this whole weight struggle. And I just wanted America to know and wanted to say this, that uh, Stedman has loved my heart and loved me no matter what size I was and has endured all kinds of rumors and vicious attacks on his own manhood because of it. And you have handled it with such grace. I'm sorry that you've had to go through what, a lot of the things that you've gone through. You don't deserve it. Of all people, you don't deserve it. But you've stood by me and loved me no matter what. And I thank you for that, Aww. no matter what you're saying. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening.